You aren't expecting much on this first date, but as soon as they walk in the door, you're smitten. Not only are they charming, interesting, and smart, but they think the same of you. You guys talk late into the night about everything and nothing, and by the time the sun rises, you've never felt more comfortable with another being. Two months later, and you can't even get them to return your text. What happened? Was it something I said? Maybe they're busy or they ran out of data. Nope, they seem to have time to post on their Instagram and it's been a week. Be cool. Don't let them know that you've been playing detective for the last two hours trying to gain some of your sanity back. As my friends and I have entered our 30s, this story has become more and more common. Are we just jaded or is there something wrong with us? Welcome to Self-Help Junkie, the podcast where we explore the world of personal development through the eyes of book enthusiasts. I'm your host, Erica Ng, communication coach and your resident bookworm. This season, we'll be focused on developing our romantic skills, but before we dive into the conversation with our guest, let's get a one-minute summary of the book. You can only trust yourself in this world was a direct quote of my 13-year-old self lecturing my 9-year-old sister. Psychiatrist and neuroscientist Dr. Amir Levine and Rachel Heller challenged the notion in their book Attached, the new science behind adult attachment and how it can help you find and keep love. They argue that secure bonds with others actually enable greater independence. Paradoxical, but attachment theory isn't new. It was pioneered by psychologist John Bowlby in the 1950s and looked at how babies bonded with their primary caregiver. Those who had secure bonds moved about their surroundings more courageously. This gave rise to three attachment styles. The securely attached are nurturing, responsive, and comfortable with intimacy. The anxiously attached are preoccupied with establishing a secure relationship and constantly seek reassurance from their partners. Avoidant. They're more emotionally distant and view intimacy as a threat to their independence. The book helps readers identify their own attachment tendencies, recognize potential incompatibilities, and provides guidance on how to cultivate a more secure attachment style. And with that, let's dive into the conversation with our guest. Today, we have on a very special guest. Her name is Martha Bodyfeld, and she is a dating coach for busy midlife women. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here, Erica, and happy to uh, talk with your audience about this book that I absolutely love. Yes, I'm very excited to talk about this book as well. But just so that we know you a little bit more, how did you get started in dating coaching? And what are your clients facing that people dating in their 20s may not understand? Yeah, absolutely. So nobody like goes to high school or university thinking they're going to be a dating coach. I certainly did not. And I didn't even know that was a thing like back in the 90s when when I was, you know, going going to school. Um, but yeah, so I kind of a, you know, kind of like a, a Reader's Digest version is I, after university, I was actually in the Army, in the United States Army, and I had a very kind of long career at defense. I went through a very nasty divorce very early. I was div- a divorcee by the time I was 30. Mm-hmm. And then I had quite a few friends who ended up getting divorced a few years later than I did, asking for advice, saying, what can I expect? What should I do? And it got so much that I actually started blogging about it. This is back when like blogs were really popular. And then I ended up getting my certification through the International Coaching Federation to become a coach to to help women. And so being a dating coach and then a, a divorce recovery coach, I wasn't a dating coach at that time, but 
working with women in that divorce space, women were usually 40 and better, mm. leaving relationships or having been, you know, dating or been with the same, per- same person, you know, for, for some 20, 30 years. And what I found is a lot of those women were asking not kind of logistical things about divorce, but because they already had that, you know, they were professional women, they had their mm-hmm. own careers, they were financially secure, but they were approaching me asking, Martha, I want to start dating, but right. how do I do this? How do I do this? I haven't dated, you know, since, since since the 90s, since, you know, I have no idea, you know, I have no idea what to expect. And so it was just kind of this beautiful kind of organic transition of helping the women from dealing with divorce and recovering just to a lot of my clients starting to ask me about dating and how to do this. And so this coincided at the, at the time that I actually found love again. And um, mm. I, I remarried about 10 years after my my divorce. And so it was just this natural, beautiful transition. And everything just really seemed to come together to transition from dating coaching or tra- transitioning from divorce coaching to, to dating coaching. And so while I've been a professional coach since about 2016, I don't know where the time's gone. The dating <laughs> coaching is relatively new, but I love it. I've been doing it for about two or so years and I love this line of work and I love working with women who I like to call grown ass women that right. are professional, successful, and just have that one missing piece that they really, really want, which is to experience incredible, healthy, secure love. Right. And it must be such an exciting time to be helping someone. Oh yeah. They're ready to jump back into the dating pool. It's, it's like being a teenage girl again. It <laughs> is. And it's, that is exactly what they say, but they say, they're like, why do I feel this? Martha, why do I feel like I'm a teenager? I'm a, I'm a grown woman. You know, I, right. I run my own corporation. I'm, you know, I'm the vice president of a, of a, of a, of a bank. Why, why do I still feel, why am I feeling butterflies or why am I feeling silly? Or why do I feel so mm. sad when, you know, this guy ghosts me right. and just kind of walking them through that process, especially so many of them say, nobody taught me how to date. I'm going to be right. a loser at this. Because I'm not, I'm not successful at dating, and I just kind of love to push back on that, saying none of us, none of us took a class. Erica, I don't know if you took class class <laughs> at university, but I certainly didn't have any class about how to date. So really empowering women and being their guide to learning how to date on their own terms and right. what it means to date at 40, 50, 60 and beyond in a way that can be fun and still give you the butterflies, but doing so from a position of of self-respect and like self-agency. So right. it is such a great time to be a dating coach for this incredible group of women. Right. And I can imagine the navigation is difficult because the dating <laughs> game has changed so much. I've had oh friends God. who like got into a relationship seven years ago. They're just coming out of it now. Mm-hmm. And they're like, what are apps? <laughs> Why are there so many of exactly. them? And what are you supposed to do? Exactly. And it's so funny because a couple of my you know clients who were maybe late 40s, if they'd been in relationships for right. 10 to 12 years, right? And they said, hey, the, I was dating before the time I was dating was when apps or meeting online was something just kind of weird and, and skeezy. Yeah. What is your fringe? What is, what is, you know, how does Tinder work? Is it just a bunch of serial killers and scam artists? And <laughs> yes. Really, it's impa- <laughs> like, well, I'm not going to say no, like on that, but like really empowering women or even women who have taken a day, a day kind of break from, from dating, especially with COVID mm. and then saying, I did not want to do Zoom dates. I can't blame them, but what, how, how do I 
you know, maybe women who were dating, you know, even a couple of years ago and just feel very out of practice. And so how do I do it? I, how do I do it in a way that makes me feel good? That's not going to make me want to become like a Celtic bog witch and run away <laughs> to a monastery. And so just what I love doing with each of my clients is really giving them the tools and teaching them how to date on their own terms mm -hmm. to make it, to make it fun and exciting for them, because who doesn't want to have a successful dating life and who doesn't want to find love with an incredible yeah. person. So it is certainly an interesting time to be in this line of work right after COVID, but then especially with women who have all the experiences under their belt. They it's 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 different than if you're trying to be a matchmaker or trying to be a dating coach for, mm -hmm. you know, a young lady who's, you know, 25 or somebody who's 30 who really wants to be married and does and is that is a different stage versus if you maybe have already been in a marriage or have already been in a long-term relationship, maybe your kids are already in college mm -hmm. and dating differently and dating in a way that makes you feel good and really kind of evolved and sophisticated. And right. that's, I, I, I love, I love what I do. And I love that line of work and being able to work with that, that demographic of women. Right. And I think that transitions beautifully into the book that you've brought with you today, Attached. Yes. So why did you choose this book? First of all, <laughs> First of all, it's one of the best books ever. I feel like it's like one of the, it should be somebody's like dating, dating Bible. But mm -hmm. one of the reasons that I was called to even read the book when I found out about it, because I was like, well, I'm a dating coach. What, what, what more do I need to know? But then <laughs> one of the reasons that I wanted to bring it on, if we as women who have just rich experiences and we, you know, we've, we've had relationships under our belt, but if we feel like we're not being our best selves and we're not feeling great in the way we date and the way that we communicate with men and the way we even interact at the beginning of a relationship or during, during mm -hmm. it, it is not to blame ourselves, but it is to better understand why I like to say like, why am I like this? <laughs> and I think attached really in a scientific, but also a very compassionate, empowering way discusses attachment theory mm -hmm. and understanding that all of us depending on how we act or even how we were raised or culturally or our own experiences, develop a certain type of attachment type. And that's not to say that if you're insecurely attached, you're doomed, but it's it's not that at all. But it is understanding why you have the attachment type that you do and how you can actually use it for you mm -hmm. to date in a way that feels great for you. So this book is amazing. And this book goes into detail about that in a way that is fun and that is empowering and that ultimately can help you get the results. And I love it as a date, as a, as a dating coach, mm -hmm. because I'm able to take these lessons and present them as a part of my client's kind of own kind of dating DNA, like I like to talk about, to help them date and find love in a way that feels great for them. One of the things that I like about it is that it helps you categorize things. And obviously people don't fit perfectly into boxes, but right. depending on different situations, like I find myself flipping between different attachment styles and well, it sure. helps me understand why I'm doing that in that moment. And then I can choose how to react. Yeah. Were Absolutely. There any big aha moments for you the first time you read it? Absolutely. So, cause I've, I've like read it so many, <laughs> so many different times. But for me, one of the biggest kind of ahas is understanding what are the triggers in your life mm. that are going or the activators in your life that are going to kind of switch on that attachment style. And for example, 
I sometimes go on kind of the side, depending on the situation of avoidant attachment. And that mm-hmm. is something that I have been um, and understanding that that is a game changer because I'm like, well, well, why have I been like that? I think it's because I was, you know, a middle child and very, very independent and just trying to do my own thing and seeing being in a relationship and having to depend on somebody mm-hmm. as kind of a threat to my to my independence. And so for me, understanding what are the situations with even friends or situations with my husband, he's a very kind, loving, incredible man. What are certain things that may be happening, the dynamics in our relationship that are triggering that? And so for me in my own relationship is understanding that and attach talks about that. What are certain, depending on your attachment style, what are certain triggers that might actually kind of bring out, I don't want to say bring out the worst in you, but mm-hmm. might kind of inflame the not great parts of that attachment style. And it's just being aware of that to kind of work with that and understand that, okay, I'm feeling like this because I have been triggered this certain way that doesn't feel good for my attachment style and looking at it from a scientific kind of standpoint instead of a judgmental standpoint, mm-hmm. being like, okay, this is a data point. What can I do about that? And that has that was just such a wonderful, that's probably the biggest takeaway I had from the book. And that's something I love to discuss with 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 my clients as well, who successful, incredible women, but have no idea what attachment style is. Mm-hmm. And so that is just, just understanding that makes us understand ourselves and it makes us understand how we can like better date to find great, great, healthy love. Right. Let's talk about how you can use it in dating. Cause I've used this in a relationship when I get into arguments, but let's say yeah. you are just starting out, you set up your your dating profile. Would you like put your attachment style on there? Would you ask them like, "Hey, are you like avoidant?" Because that doesn't work with me. <laughs> how are how do I you mean, integrate that? I I know I I love this question, and I think with the uh, with the attachment style, I honestly would not put it on a dating profile if you do want to date online, because I think depending on who you meet, they may, if, if you're avoiding attachment, but you know, somebody comes along who's like a secure attachment or something like that, that may never be triggered. Mm. Or you might find that you in the beginning of dating someone, your attachment style not may not even, that might not even like rear its ugly head. I have find with my clients, you know, coaching them along lines that we don't really even get into attachment styles until I would say until kind of like kind of um an advanced level of kind of like coaching program I have. Mm-hmm. So I find that, you know, if you're like, well, I'm anxious attachment. What is, if somebody, you know, you know, there's a fellow reading that, that might be like, well, I don't, he might kind of judge you on that. Right. And that's, or he might say, oh, well, I'm, I'm avoiding attachment. And it's like, well, you just, are you just saying that as an excuse to be an asshole? <laughs> you know, as an excuse to like not text somebody back. And so- right. For me, I feel like attachment style is great to know about you, mm-hmm. but give yourself some time to see how that relationship and how you all are communicating. So that would definitely be that would definitely be my advice, and that's certainly the advice that I I give my clients. Right. You don't need but, to put it like the first thing on your profile. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that totally makes sense in terms of how to look internally and know about yourself. Yeah. If you know that one of your clients is, let's say anxiously attached. And would you tell them to look out for signs that this person is avoidant? Because in the book, they recommend avoidant and anxious not and that's that, and that's kind of like the magnets that always come together. Mm-hmm. So that's that's interesting. So if if somebody is 
if I do have a client and I I kind of run the quiz with 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 my with my clients, and if if we do find out that that they are anxious, I would not advise them. First of all, well, look out for these signs, but it is mm-hmm. instead kind of looking within. Mm-hmm. What are the reasons that you're anxious? What are some of those things that maybe? What are some? I'm a coach, but not a therapist, and not a therapist, but kind of looking and getting curious. What was the family dynamic like? when you were when you were growing up was there some kind of like love and affection withheld if you were being like if you felt like you were being too much and so it is getting very curious with yourself hey what are some of the things why am i like this were there relationships that i was in that maybe i was attracting people who were not who who were not right for me and who did not treat me well and then i put that on myself and so for me it is working through that and understanding that with my clients and that really for them diving into themselves first mm-hmm. before just putting them out there like I've got an anxious <laughs> attachment style oh this guy isn't ch-, you know and it is why am I like you know why am I like this let me get curious about that has it served me has it not served me okay moving forward how do I want to carry myself in the world how do I want to have my self-concept in the world so this anxious is this anxiety is not triggered all the time. Mm-hmm. How are ways that I want to communicate? What are kind of these healthy boundaries at first? You know, if you're talking to somebody online, hey, you know, I, I love it. You know, if you if you text me the morning of our date and just remind me, that's something that makes me feel absolutely incredible. Or, hey, I don't really appreciate it, you know, if that you're you go a week without texting me or whatever. But it's understanding first and foremost, what are the things you like? What is it that's triggering you? Mm. It's probably from your past. It's probably from past relationships before we just kind of start slapping the label of, well, I'm anxious or I'm avoiding like out in the world. We got to, right. we got to do that internal work first. Right. And I, I love the specific examples that you were giving there of figuring out what you like and asking for it. I think that's oh, something absolutely. that <laughs> happens over and over in, in these uh, interviews. That's something that just the clear communication of what your expectations are and what makes you feel good. Absolutely. Absolutely. And really articulating that, I believe can get somebody, if they are avoidant or they are anxious, mm-hmm. getting them to exhibit more of those secure attachment styles mm-hmm. and getting more confident in themselves. Because I think we are capable of actually changing our attachment styles because mm-hmm. we weren't born with them. Mm-hmm. We were conditioned with them. And so getting very, very kind of clear on what we want. And as women, a lot of us, certainly women of a certain generation, were never able to do that because mm-hmm. society told them that they couldn't. And so getting very strong in what we want and not being afraid to kind of to communicate that and feeling good about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's beautiful. And I think it's such amazing work to be doing with a group of women that maybe didn't grow up being heard as much. So exactly. It's like people pleasers. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. What are some practical tips that you can show someone? Like, let's say that people are reflecting inwards and they're starting to realize that these things are triggering themselves. What are, mm-hmm. let's say, like baby steps they could take starting? Right. Out? And so I think the first thing, and this might sound a little bit general, but it is to get curious, mm-hmm. is when you do feel like you're you're triggered that I haven't heard from this man for 24 hours, that must mean he doesn't like me. That must mean I'm going to send 18 different text messages like the sea of blue, you know, we like to call it. It is getting curious. Mm-hmm. Huh. Why am I acting like this? What is this? What is what what is coming up with me? Why is this not giving me a good feeling? 
Is this reminding me of something in the past? Is this, you know, if we want to kind of go down this road, is this some kind of like inner wound that I need to get curious with? Where is this coming from? And then getting very kind of curious, what is this I'm feeling exactly? Let's put, instead of being panicking and judgmental, let me put a name on this feeling. Is this anxiety? Hmm. Is this, is this kind of, do I feel like I'm spiraling? What, what is this exactly that I'm feeling? So definitely getting, getting curious. Secondly, I think a, 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 a good step as well is to just get compassionate. Because so many times when we're not feeling things that are like, that aren't pleasant, especially as women, especially as people pleasers, which I think are a lot of the women that, that I work with, that they were kind of conditioned people pleasers, is we, we tend to judge ourselves so harshly. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're quit being an idiot, you know, for panicking, you know, get out of your, you're acting, you're acting crazy, right. quit being hysterical. And it's like, well, no, I am feeling what I am feeling. So let's examine why I'm feeling this. Right. And then also, getting kind of, I guess, kind of, I would say then kind of empowered and proactive that what are the reasons I'm feeling this way? Is it because I feel like a need is not being met? Mm -hmm. Okay. Why is a need not being met? Is it because this gentleman said he was going to call me and he didn't, and that's not making me feel good? Mm -hmm. Or is it, I had just assumed he was going to call me within time Mm -hmm. that I thought, but that was never even a conversation we had. And so definitely, I think those three practical things, getting curious, getting compassionate, and then being being proactive about it. And I think those would be the kind of the easiest, simple but not easy steps that I think, you know, women can can definitely start doing or anybody who's dealing mm-hmm. with attachment issues and not feeling great with, with, with dating. Right. Yeah. And I, I like those three steps because I think that people can approach it in the way that they want to. Um, oh, absolutely. Yesterday, I just had a moment where I needed to go through those three steps. I was getting triggered and upset with my boyfriend. And I sat down and I wrote myself an email. I was just writing as a way that I use to process what I'm feeling in the moment. I was just like, he did this and then I did this. Why am I feeling this way? And that's how it came out that I was starting to pull away. Um, I thought that he was being a little cagey with information. So I was like, oh, you want space? I'll give you space. (laughs) (laughs) We've all been been there. Exactly. So that really helped me. Um, So writing and sometimes I need an activity. So whether that be painting or crocheting and knitting, that's a time that's kind of meditative space for me where I'm doing something repetitive. Um, Do you have any tips like that where like for you personally has worked? Oh, absolutely. That if I'm feeling kind of, I like to call it like feeling a certain way. For me, one of the best things for me is just like get outside and move. And mm. so I've had situations where I've been kind of struggling or doubting or kind of triggered with, you know, with a, with, from depending on the relationship dynamic, you know, I've, I've had it where somebody has made me feel, you know, has triggered anxious attachment or has triggered avoidant. And so for me, the best thing I do is, you know, get out and just, just walk. Mm-hmm. Doesn't doesn't matter. And then there's been times that like two hours later, I'm like, where the hell am I? <laughs> it's <laughs> nice like to get a like little lost. <laughs> exactly. Like outskirts of a city. I'm like, I don't even know what this city is, you know. And so why am I only wearing flip-flops? And so <laughs> that for me has always been 
a wonderful thing to do is to just kind of get out and clear my head and mm-hmm. be in the nature and feel and just kind of get out of my head and get into my body. Right. And then, okay, why, where are these feelings coming from? Are they coming from my chest? Are they coming from my gut? What are those things trying to tell me? Let's get curious about that. And getting out and walking and doing that is a lot more kind of conducive to that, to that relief and that clarity than just kind of sitting on my couch, looking right. at my phone. So that's always been very helpful as well as the, um, the beauty and the magic of journaling. Mm. Just, I have never had a situation where if I was feeling stressed in a, in a relationship or feeling, you know, triggered in a certain way that going and sitting and writing it out, just that doesn't mean that it's going to solve it, but mm-hmm. it's going to give me the clarity on, mm-hmm. on the next steps. Cause it's bringing out all of the things that are inside and just putting them into something. Right. And so those have been my favorite, either the movement and the walking or just journaling, but never walking and journaling at the same time. I haven't been able to have. <laughs> Maybe if you had like a rolling table, I don't know how you would do it. Oh, that otherwise. would be great. Or like a walking <laughs> treadmill, like a walking treadmill or something. Yeah. Or the, one of the ones where you're like a treadmill desk that yeah. I would, no, I would, I would, I would trip and fall. Like yeah. definitely. Not made that for sounds, accident prone people. We are not advising you do that. That sounds like a bad idea. Do not get a, do not get a, do not get a desk treadmill. We are advising against it. <laughs> um, and then with the last step of being proactive about communicating what your expectations are, yes. are there other things that people can do? Because I'm, I'm just imagining, let's say that the person isn't texting you back and you're feeling really lonely and mm-hmm. that's why you're starting to feel anxious. Like my advice to that person would be looking for support outside of that person. Absolutely. Do you have friends and family? How is your social situation? Because you can't put all of that on a person. Absolutely. No, I, I, I love you bring this up. I love the fact that like you bring this up because that is kind of another kind of component when we are looking at if we're struggling with attachment or dating in general or, you know, just this, the, the daily existence of life, right? That don't feel and you simply can't go through it alone. You have to have a support mm. system. And so if you are struggling with dating and it's not feeling good to you, then don't be afraid to ask for help. Now, girlfriends love to give you advice. I'm one of those girlfriends who love to give <laughs> advice. But if you feel like they're just they're too close to you and that they're not going to give you an objective, you know, answer Mm -hmm. or even reaching out to family. And if your family is like, ah, we don't want to hear about your dating, you know, (laughs) or, you know, you can borrow my husband for a minute because I hate being married, you know, whatever (laughs) things that like family members are trying to be helpful, but sometimes they're not, but going to those resources or joining, I would, you know, joining, joining, you know, this might sound a little bit biased, but like, looking into going to an online community mm-hmm. of of other women who are dealing with this or hiring a dating coach mm-hmm. or anything along the lines of that or exploring why do you feel anxious or anything along the lines of that you know with with a therapist but really understanding you don't have to go through this by yourself mm-hmm. we we as humans are are social creatures especially women you know we 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 have our networks and we we love you know use that utilize that and so ask friends ask family mm-hmm. if you want or even even hire the professionals right. to to help give you help like collapse that timeline to be successful in dating, but don't, don't, don't go through it alone because you're, you're wonderful with all the things you do, but you're not, you're not an expert at, you know, the the dating and that's okay. 
because there's plenty of people who are who are happy to kind of help you and welcome you into their communities. Yeah, definitely. And I I like that idea because as a person who's been fiercely independent, usually I turn to podcasts and books and I read them and I'm like, I, I got to figure it out. Like I have all this information in my head. But the moments that I've found stages that I grow the most is when I share this with people. So finding other people who've read the book attached and having long conversations about it. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. And then like my last breakup, one of the things that I did differently that I'd never done before was reaching out to different friends at different times. There were times where I needed the the girlfriend Mm -hmm. who was like, yes, you got this. You're all good. Another one for me to cry on. Another one who was just like listing all the terrible things about him. And each Love person <laughs> has different strengths. So knowing your friend's strengths and going to them when after reflecting, be like, I yes. need this right now. I need to pick me up. <laughs> Absolutely. No, that's a, that's, that's a wonderful thing to do because that's the thing is as women, we do have these incredible communities and Mm. we do have, and I'm usually, I, 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 for me, you know, being that kind of support system for, for my friends or even for some of my clients, I'm the one who either kind of varies between the, okay, you got this, go do this, (laughs) you know, and kind of like the old, the old army kind of like drill sergeant coming out of me, either that I'll be that person. I'll be like, kind of like the, um, you know, go be in your, go be a big old hoe for a while. Like, and then just really kind of like, go have some fun. Just go, just go have some fun. Don't be attached, you know, just, just go, go, just go have some fun. And so right. I'll vacillate between those, those two. But I think it is definitely wonderful to have, you know, the, maybe the married friend who's been happily married, who can give you a little bit of context. Mm. Um, if you, you know, if you're, if you have a, if an auntie or somebody, you know, who, who's got like the, you know, kind of that, that wisdom, mm-hmm. um, something along the lines of that. And so, or, you know, we all have the wonderful friends who almost, they have like that energy of a therapist that, okay, right. let me just non-judgmental, let's talk about this, who are very much kind of in their feminine. Um, let's, let's, let's take some friends who have like the psychoanalysts. I think it's, yeah, definitely assemble your team right. of the people who are there who can't, who, because honestly, I think most people, especially like women, want to give other women. We love this. We love giving advice, especially mm-hmm. if we're not like directly involved in it. Hell, that's probably how I ended up becoming like a dating coach. <laughs> yeah, no, that sounds like a lot of fun. Just hearing about people's troubles and like guiding them through it or just being that ear. Definitely. Feels. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because every client is so different mm. and their journey that brought them to me is so different that I feel as, as, as a coach, there are sometimes different hats that you have to wear Mm -hmm. that there might be, you know, there might be a client who her confidence is not great because she found out that her husband, you know, was cheating on her with a younger woman. And so building, building her confidence like that versus, you know, there might be another client who complains about, you know, who might be five years out of her divorce and complains about there not being any good men, but she Mm. just works all the time and she hasn't bothered to go out and meet men. And so being kind of the, um, the motivator kind of no BS kind of drill sergeant with that. And then there's obviously all the things in between. So that is definitely the gift of becoming, of being a dating coach is depending on the type of client is you can be who they need to be, who you Mm -hmm. need them to be at that moment. If they don't have, or if they're too shy to reach out to their friends for, for, for assistance. Yeah, that's beautiful. So we're coming to the end of our podcast today. I have a final question for you. Who would you recommend the book attached to and who would you not recommend this book to? 
Yeah, so I'm not going to say everybody, although I think everybody should read it, but the folks I would definitely recommend this to are women who I would say are 40 and better, who feel like when they are dating, they feel like they're attracting the wrong men, mm-hmm. or they feel that if a they just can't deal with rejection okay, this guy doesn't even know after the date, he says he doesn't want to go out with me again. And the the type of woman who might be reeling from that. And so those are definitely the women that, the type of people I would recommend that if you feel very frustrated and stuck and you don't like dating and you're ready to give up, read Attached first Mm -hmm. and then book a discovery call with me. But (laughs) definitely the women who are not feeling good dating Mm -hmm. at this point in their lives. That is probably... To narrow it down, the women who are not feeling great. If you're having fun, go girl. But the ones who are not feeling great and who are feeling frustrated and they're wondering what's wrong with me. There's nothing wrong with you, but let's let's get get curious about your attachment style. So those are the people that I would recommend. For the folks who would, who who I would not recommend this to, is I think people who are very stubborn and who aren't willing Mm. to unwilling to change their behavior and who aren't willing to have introspection on why they do the way they the why they do the way that the things that they do and folks who are just like well i'm right all the time and everybody Mm. else is wrong um don't you're not going to get anything out of this book because i think this book and attachment theory are going to force you to evaluate the way that you act and why you act that way. So if you're not willing to make those behavioral changes or get curious, don't go, go read something else. Right, go read a right, comic right. book. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like the, the group that you didn't recommend this book to, because you're right. You could read all of this and be like, Oh, I'm great. Everybody else is the problem. And then judge people on that. Like, Oh, you, it's because you're you're anxious. anxious. Like you need to work on it. No, that's not what this book is for. Yeah. Like if you're, if you're an asshole, don't read this book because (laughs) it's going to just give you, yeah, that's give you fuel, (laughs) but yeah, just, it's going to give you fuel. So I think those are definitely the, uh, the polarity of the, Mm -hmm. uh, of the the folks that I'd, I'd recommend Um, read, read, read the book if they're interested in learning more about themselves and how they interact in, romantic relationships. Right. It's definitely great for psychoanalyzing yourself. So thank you so much for being on the show, Martha. It's been a pleasure having you on. Thank you. Um, I was uh, really happy to be a guest and happy reading to everybody who is interested in checking out Attached. For sure. And if people are looking for you, where can they find you? Yeah, so I'm all over the place, but the first place I would say you would definitely, I'd invite you to stop at is my website, MarthaBodyFelt.com. And if you're there, um, I actually have a freebie that you guys can download that the the first steps to take if you haven't dated in years. Mm. And so would love to have you. I'd love, would love to have you in my community and I'd love to give you that freebie. So check out MarthaBodyFelt.com. And also um, for the ladies out there who are listening, if you want a wonderful community of like-minded, empowered women who want to learn how to date on their own terms at this part of their life, join my free Facebook group. It's private. It's got incredible women. And that is called Empowered Dating for Women. And I would love to see, I would love to see you guys at both of those places. 
Thanks for listening to the episode. If you enjoyed, stop what you're doing right now and give me a rating on your app. It really helps other people find me. If you have thoughts or tips you'd like to share, please do at selfhelpjunkiepod on Instagram, Twitter, or Gmail. I'll see you guys next time.